Stormy Daniel. Drizzled. How are you? Frustrated. I had to do an extra step to get you on this thing with me. Yeah, I don't know why that happened. It was very confusing. Yes. Technology, am I right? Mm, kids these days. So this is our 10th podcast. And it might be Con- memorable. Congratulations on reading 10. Slow clap from no one. Um, today, we will do a best thing of the week. A weekly roundup of news and notes. There's going to be stuff we probably missed. There's just a lot going on all the time. Scores and standings update. There's been movement, again, not just in my pants. We're going to talk about Rick and Keel. Bet no one thought we'd be talking about Rick and Keel, including you, Dan. Aces Wild. This is a good one. It's a good topic. I'm excited for you to do it all. And then we move on to the guest pod with Paul which I think is what people are sweating out tonight. They're hoping I send it tonight after uh, this podcast is over. Or maybe I'm just hoping that they care about this. And then, (laughs) Mary fuck, kill, and what are we looking forward to this week? So, Dan, should we get right into it? What's the best thing of the week for you? My best thing was on Saturday, I went out and played golf for the first time in two years. Uh, I just took a two-year break. It's hard to find the time and the money to do it and actually be good at it without getting really frustrated. Um, But I went out with some friends and had a great round. Uh, I didn't keep score the first nine. I just wanted to hit good shots. That was like the goal. And then I kept track the second nine. And uh, it was a lot of fun. It hit it pretty well. So I'm excited to get back into it now. Did you like it? You had fun. I generally... Do okay on the front nine and then, well, I'll say front five. And then from then on, it's like, oh, God. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty unpredictable as well. But uh, I have low expectations for myself. So I'm not like the guy that you golf with that gets really pissed off and stuff. Like, if I duff a chip, I duff a chip and then, you know, drink a beer and move on. So uh, it's a good, it's just nice to be out there with some good friends. I agree. I think, I think that's the best part. Um, Best thing of the week for me is today, August 7th, is 11 years since my back surgery. Wow. Still strong. Still going. Uh, No. Mentally. Mentally strong. (laughs) Uh, Also, though, as I was scrolling through Twitter today, which I should have remembered, is the day Barry Bonds broke Hank Aaron's record. Um. He had a home run off some schmuck lefty pitcher because uh, ain't no lefty going to match up against Bonds. And I remember sitting in my hospital bed because I stayed overnight and he hit it and I was just so upset because I don't like him. But I'll always be connected with Barry Bonds. So um, one more thing for best thing of the week. I had Deemers, the Deemers family visited this weekend, which was a lot of fun, but a lot of kids. So... For all you out there thinking of having more than two kids, just, you know, give me a call and I'll just tell you <laughs> about this weekend and why you should not have more than two kids. <laughs> Sounds like a full house. Yeah, I am still recovering. The whole family is Gus hasn't moved in like three days. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, let's get right into news and notes. Should I kick it off? Kick it off. 
All right. I don't really have a question or anything about this. Maybe we'll play it on the fly. But Johnny Cueto undergoing Tommy John surgery. Now, he came out. I avoided him in drafting him because I had him last year. Mm -hmm. He pissed me off. Then Tom gets him, and, of course, he was lights out. Um, Then he got him, which Tom was upset about. He comes back, pitches, I don't think, well, and then gets hurt again, and now Tommy John. So it's very frustrating. Uh, year for Johnny Cueto, and I heard he won't even come back until 2020. So it's a very sad rehab process for Johnny Cueto. This partly makes me happy, though, because I feel like Tom is sort of the pitcher whisperer in fantasy. Uh, <laughs> he seems to always just beat my ass when it comes to pitching. So um, not not this time, Tom. Sorry, pal. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, Tom. Take uh, that. Complete games through the first 100 games. Dating back to 2011, I'm going to give you a little rundown. 2011, there were 120 complete games at this time. Well, I guess through the first 100 games of the season. Then 2012, 82. Then 69, nice. 2013, 69, nice. 2014, 68. 2015. Oh, one off. Yeah. 2014 sucks. 2012, 51. 2013. Oh, shit, I'm off. 2017, 39. And then this year, 2018, we are at 26. So the graph is telling us this is going down dramatically, yeah? Yes. For, the, for us non-numbers guys. Yeah, for all you uh, bar graph aficionados, it's going down. It's not good for complete game pitchers. Uh, I think it's good that we remove that stat. I think that tells us something. Um from our league, but I'm a little upset about this. I used to love the complete game. I think it was a dominant stat, dominant pitcher to have someone go complete game. You don't have that anymore. I mean, there's only a few pitchers that stand out that can do it. Yeah, I was actually researching this in preparation for my argument with Paul, and neither DeGrom or Nola have a complete game this year. And I Oh, no, maybe maybe that's wrong. No one had a shutout. I know that. Yeah, it's just annoying. Not even figured out. You know, it's up to the – now it seems to be up to the front office because they invest so much goddamn money into these people, so they don't want them to – they don't care about the wins as much as just the arm. Yep, that's uh, the way the game's going. Brian Dozier. I was watching the game, uh, his first game as a Dodger. I don't know who they were playing, but his first pitch, first bat of the game – Dude hits a ground ball to him, he boots it. I was like, oh, no, not a good omen for Brian Dozier. Then he went three for five with a home run. So, redemption? I think so. Um, Chris Archer trade. We did not talk about this last time, last podcast, because there were so many other trades happening. Yeah. Ken Rosenthal is pretty prophetic. Two years ago, he had said that if the Pirates wanted to trade for Chris Archer, because I guess they were interested two years ago, it would cost them Meadows and Glasnow. When you look at the the trade was, that's exactly what happened. So I think we should listen to Ken Rosenthal. Um, also, Archer comes over to the Pirates. He refuses to wear the jersey number 22 because it says it belongs to Andrew McCutcheon, who is not even a Pirate anymore. That's weird. He's not been a Pirate for two years now, and he's only like 31. It's not like he's Derek Jeter and he's like 38 retiring. Yeah, I, I'd assume the Pirates would probably retire McCutcheon's number because mm-hmm. he did win an MVP there and was pretty much the catalyst of that team getting to that first that card game and losing for like three straight years. But uh, I think it's very nice of, you know, Archer. That's a pretty good 
thing to even have in your mind before you, you know, take a jersey. So, uh, but like you say, do you want Archer on your team? And where does he rank? I have no idea, but I think he's outside of my top 25. I think Which so. is crazy to think about because he's always been like in the top 20. But now he pitches in the National League Central. Mm-hmm. And... Well, he's out of the AL East, most importantly. He's not facing the Red Sox or Yankees every other game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm very... But he looked bad his first start. Did he? Yeah. I think he needs maybe to start next year. We'll not even grade him on this year, but fair. Uh, last one for me real quick. Two teams last week put up 25 runs against their opponents. The Nationals beat the Mets 25 of course. to 1. And the Dodgers in a surprising 25 to 4 over the Brewers, which was one of the games we wanted to watch, one of the series to look at. Uh, I think the Brewers beat them 3 out of 4, so the Dodgers took out all their anger in one game. All right. Lance McCullers goes on the DL this week. May not pitch till September. It's a forearm, always a little scary. Asking for a friend, who would you pick up off the waiver wire to replace him, if anyone? You can't replace Lance McCullers. Is Aaron Judge available? No. (laughs) Still salty. Still salty. Steve Pierce, dick slaps the Yankees and hits four home runs. Would you rather have Stephen Pierce, who's having a very nice little season, or Marwin Gonzalez? I think you bring that up on purpose because I picked up Will Smith last night. I do. And I wake up today to the Astros hitting a three-run bomb with Marwin Gonzalez off of Will Smith when they were a strike away from getting this damn save. So I would choose Marwin Gonzalez, I think. Uh, Pierce or Jock Peterson? Never Jock Peterson, ever. <laughs> Having a nice little season, but unfortunately only plays against righties, so very limited. And Steve Pierce or Nick Margakis? Not just because of the Braves, but Margakis is consistently better than Pierce, so I would go Margakis. Yeah, he's having a nice season. That's a good lineup, too. Rugnet Odor has been on fire. He's batting 404. With six home runs, 14 RBI since the All-Star break after essentially just batting 190 for most of the year. And as a guy who strikes out like more than anyone in the world, he had five walks in one game last week. Wow, that's a very good stat. Yeah, we, I mean, this is like a high like, – like, that's like crazier than Aaron Judge walking five times. There's another high strikeout guy. I mean, pitch to Odor. It's fucking Odor. Why are you walking? Exactly. Tonight, two cancer survivors are hitting the mound. Chad Bettis and Jameson Tyone are facing off. Kind of cool. Both survived uh, testicular cancer. Mm-hmm. First and this word. one, I, what's that? First use of the word testicular on this podcast for all those listeners out there. You're welcome. And this one, especially for you, David. Bryce Harper, since the All-Star break, is hitting 370, four home runs, six doubles, 16 RBIs, 10 walks. Three stolen bases. He's doing it all. What do you think? I think I'm nervous about the Nationals. That's what I think. I hate them. I can't even watch. They're smoking the Braves right now in a two-game set. Uh, And I can't even watch because it's blacked out in my area. Just talking to you about breakfast. Doors and standings. (laughs) 
All right, scores and standings. Which one do you want? I shall take standings. Ooh, I'll make my click to scoreboard. Surfboard, scoreboard. All right. I played Keith last week, and thankfully my pitching finally showed up, and Keith's did not. 9-5-1, Ron Thugs and Harmony. John Lester. What? John Lester. Oh, yeah, Lester. But also, I think he had someone else. Oh, Maeda gave up like 10 in three innings. (laughs) Uh, Honey Nut Berrios versus Stormy Daniel. That one was locked. That's a close one. That was a really close one all week. Um, I think it was like favoring one of you, the other one, and then just tied. Pitching versus hitting. We split it, basically. Ties will not help Tom reach the playoffs. Team sack of shit takes down first place Utley Ducklings and not just takes them down, obliterates 11-4. to four. Paul is rising. I am nervous. The rivalry continues. Yeah. Dubin uh, versus Dodson. A quick aside, I need to – I texted you about this, Dan, last week. Paul on Thursday had sat all of his pitchers. I don't. I never checked back to see if he did that the rest of the week, but I believe he did because his ERA did not change. Bush league or strategy? Bold strategy, cop. Jared is quoted as saying, "Hmm, that's it. Hmm, as he knows." So I hot take. Yeah, a little hot take from Jared. He's gathering info for his first guest pod. Vegetarian cheesesteaks versus Mike Shohai, my Otani face. Loot lost, whatever. Cespedes for the rest of us. Adam takes down last place power bottom. Close one, though. 8-7. Standings. Give it to me. Stormy Daniel up top. Utley Ducklings a half game back. The sack of sheets. Seven back from the top. Braun Thugs in Harmony. And a cesspit is for the rest of us. The two brothers, both 14 back from the top right now. And Mike, a close three games back from there. And then in the bottom, we've got the Northern Nightmare, 22 and a half back. Honey Nut Burrios, 24 back. And then the real basement dwellers, the cheese steaks and the power bottoms, 32 and a half and 38 and a half back. Only three weeks left, everyone, before the playoffs. This is getting tight. All right, I want to talk about Rick and Keel real quickly. I don't know, Dan, if you have much to add here. I just kind of want to go through a little thought process I had when I saw he was back in the news. You okay with that? That's wrong. All right. I saw in the headline that he is attempting a return to Major League Baseball next year as a reliever. Now, he's currently 39. He'll be 40 in July next year. So the question I'm going to pose before I um, go through some stats, but I want to know, will you trust or want him on your team, um, whether or not he's a high-leverage reliever or not? So do you remember Rick Ankeel? Did you follow him at all? Ankeel was Shohei Otani before Shohei Otani. Of course I do. Uh, he just wasn't good at the same, same two things at the same time. But he was good at both. Um, really good athlete. I have zero statistics, but – I do not want him at all on my fantasy team, but I will watch every game that he plays and root for him. Yeah. Um, 
what happened with him, he came up as a, he was a second-round pick for the Cardinals and then was called up early. He was 20 years old when he was pitching in the playoffs in 2000. So that is where I'll start. He forgot how to pitch in the playoffs. So he started game one of 2000 NLDS. I have a stat here. Hold on. Not as quick with my left hand as my right, if you know what I mean. Um, all right, so 2000, he was 11-7 and seven with a 3-5 ERA. He started 30 of 31 games, 175 innings pitched. I mean, he was pretty reliable. Um, I wanted to look because those numbers weren't great, and he's starting game one of the NLDS. Are you popping bubble paper? What are you doing? What? It sounds like you're popping bubble paper. Yeah, sorry, it was folded and stuff. Go ahead, I'll stop. So, I was wondering, who is this 2000 Cardinals team that would start Rick Ankeel as the number one in the NLDS who would beat the Braves in 2000 to move on to the second round? Let me just go through their five starters. Daryl Kyle, Garrett Stevenson, Pat Hentgen, Rick Ankeel, and Andy Bennett. Yeah, they beat the Braves. Made me feel good reading those stats. Pat Hankin won a Cy Young. Did he? Beat Andy Pettiford, I believe. Hmm. Who's Andy Had one Pettiford? really, really good year. No, don't, not, not a real question. <laughs> um, so they start Rick Ankeel, who was listed as the fourth of the five starters. So he starts game one, throws 20 pitches. No, no, I'm sorry. That was later. Third inning, he gives up four earned runs and has five wild pitches in one inning. They took him out. Cardinals ended up winning that game anyway. They didn't think anything of it. All right, whatever. Just kind of lost it. Next start was game two of the NLCS. He was pulled in the first inning after 20 pitches and five wild pitches. Only two were documented because there were people on base for only two of the five. So the other three got by the catcher. We have no idea what happened to him. Potentially all mental. I mean, he went around for like three years after that trying to continue to pitch in the major leagues and then just phased out. Then he returned as a hitter in 2006 for the Cardinals. They must have felt bad or something. Yeah, come on, man. You're showing some power and uh, down in the minors. So he became a bit of a journeyman after that. But he, I think, a pretty productive hitter. Um, I have one just, you know, good highlight in my head of Rick Ankeel. He was in the 2010 playoffs with the Braves, which is not a sentence we say much anymore. And he had a game-winning home run against the Giants. He hit it in the McCovey Cove. So I always have a positive thought process when I think about Rick Ankeel. But this leads me to, one, I just want to go through his stats quickly. Batting. My computer's not responding. So he played for the Cardinals, Royals, Braves. Nationals, Astros, and finished with the Mets because they figured, whatever, we'll start him. And then he didn't do well. So, in his average, he ended up finishing with 76 homers, a career batting average of 240, on base percentage of 302, OPS 724. You know, like Dan said, not going to be on your fantasy team, but you got to give him credit for changing. He came up as a pitcher and then just switched over and made a major league roster, and not just one, six or seven. Um, but now this gets to my question, Dan. Would you trust him as a postseason – or I'm sorry, as a reliever next year 
having seen what has been documented, especially when he pitches well throughout the whole year. So say he's pitching well next year in regular season, and then you get him in the playoffs and it's a tie game, you seventh inning, and you give Rick Ankeel the nod, is he going to then start throwing wild pitches? Regardless of if he's wild or not, it would be hard for me to trust a 39-year-old guy that's been out of the league for a couple of years. The question, do the yips come back, I guess is the question. Yeah. No, would you want Chuck Knobloch playing second base? Is he alive? Probably, like, doing drugs somewhere in uh, Kansas City. God, I love drugs. Um, no, I don't think so, especially after a return. You know, I don't think you can ever get rid of that mental problem, can you? Especially on that pressure. I mean, it's a full stadium. Playoffs. I'm not trusting him. I don't trust him. I, as much as I think he's a very exceptional athlete, he had a really good career technically. Um, I don't think you can – maybe the Royals will pick him up or something. But I just don't think a contender will, you know, put themselves in that position to potentially have him in late in the season or the playoffs. End of Rick and Keel. All right, Drizzle, we are talking Aces Wild this week. There's been some funky things happening in the league with some pitchers not performing, some performing, so let's go through it. I want to start with Luis Severino. I am missing one start here, his latest, where he went five and gave up four, I think. But prior to that, he hasn't gone more than five innings and four other starts, has given up 12 earned runs, in two of the last three, uh, reference, he has given up more than three runs one other time this year. Is he okay, Dave? What do you think? I think he's okay. We can't expect these pitchers to just continue to be dominant. But it's probably a little scary heading into you know August, September. Bad time for a meltdown. Um, unless there's some sort of hidden injury. But other than that, I don't see anything like really weird about any of his stats that is too alarming. So I'm going to trust the process. He just played the Red Sox, gave up four. It's a really good offense. Um, I'm, I'm going to say he's an ace moving forward. Did the Yankees play this weekend? Yes. Oh, okay. Corey Kluber, your boy, Dave. Well, kind, kind of an up and down past month, six weeks. So since July, he has about seven strikeouts per nine and a 457 ERA. Prior to that, he had a 257 ERA and a 9.1K per nine. So that's like a two-strikeout difference. That's a little bit alarming, I think, for a fantasy owner and a fan. Uh, However, he just did have a recent start, and you can bring me up to speed on that. What did he do? Dude, complete game. One hitter, two hitter. So I was very happy. Keith was not. So he's back. Well, he's back last week. Let's see. Please help me against Mike Corey Kluber. Interesting. Clayton Kershaw, is he back? I, he has gone at, oh, I'm sorry. I'll say yes really loud. Yes. Yes. Okay, I agree. <laughs> he's gone at least six in the last five with a 195 ERA. His caper nine's a little lower than normal. Uh, I'm not alarmed by it. What do you think? 
I'm not alarmed by it. I think it's taking him some time to get over this injury. I mean, this is the first time he's yeah. pitched consistently. So I'm excited. He's like one of my favorite players to watch pitch, play, anything. So I'm really rooting for him. So kind of a homer, but I think he's back. I'm with you too. I hope he stays healthy. Uh, we're skipping over to Grom because we have plenty of time for that. Zach Grinky is the fucking man. So his fastball velocity is down to 89.9. Average velocity. That's the lowest of his career. His highest was 94. Uh, but he was always in that 92, 93 range. He still has under a three ERA. He has a better strikeout rate than Aaron Nola. No surprise there. Zach Grinke's an ace, and he's just a dude who has who knows how to pitch. He's got that Greg Maddox-like feel for pitching. That's not a direct comparison. The you get it. Yeah, I just took my shirt off to just get really angry. <laughs> but I will say, I was kind of, you just said it. Granky is a pitcher, not a thrower. So I would say Bartolo Colon is a pitcher, not a thrower. As their velocity decreases throughout their career, they figure out how to get people out still. So this is a really good pro in the Venn diagram for Zach Granky as an ace. Good for him. Carlos Carrasco. Another one of Tom's guys here. Is it too little, too late for Tom, though? We'll see. Three really good starts in a row. 19 innings pitched, 10 Ks, 8 Ks, 8 Ks in each respective start. Three total runs. I think Carras- I think we got to call Carrasco an ace. He just can't stay healthy. Depends. I mean, your next point here would who is the ace of that staff. But I've been trying to trade for Carrasco all year. Tom was nice enough to hold on to him and ignore me. Another Indian, Trevor Bauer, the most controversial Indian. He's yes. really, really good. Uh, he's consistent. Every one of his peripherals lines up his FIP and his ERA, his Sierra and his FIP. Like, there's nothing fluky about this. And the one thing I noted was that his home run to fly ball rate this year is at 5.9%. He's never had under an 11% home run to fly ball ratio. So. <laughs> Uh, that's the big difference, but the big, big question is why is there a difference? Then I saw that he's throwing his slider 10% more this year from like 4% to 14%. So now he's got a fastball slider curve. He sprinkles in a change up, doesn't throw much, but when you look at pitchers all around and the really good ones, the really good ones are, are pitchers who have three really good pitches. And that's where he's at now. He developed that slider. What do you think? Yeah, I just asked Mike about him like last week. Uh, and he said no, because Sale's on the DL. So he definitely needs Bauer. But yeah, I'm, I'm all in on Bauer. So he is the most consistent this year compared to Carrasco. So I would say Bauer <laughs> is the ace of the Indian staff. Um, but not a bad problem to have if you're the Indians. Agree. Paul, what's happening, fellas? We've been well. Dan's not here yet. We've been having some difficulties. Hopefully, he connects in a minute. But gotcha. What was that? How's it going? Nope, good. Just oh. up in the end. Nope, nope, There, there he is. Holly D up in the limousine. What up? What? Yo, Stormy Daniel, how you doing, bud? I'm good, man. How are you? 
Oh, doing all right. Just uh, hanging up in the bedroom. Uh, just getting ready to pot it up. All right. Bet. How's it been going so far? I guess there's some technical difficulties. Yeah. Yeah. It's been I a struggle thinking, tonight. Yeah. Uh, 15 minutes of just, hey, you turn off your phone this time, and maybe that's the reset we need. <laughs> that, that's always the way to go. Just turn shit off, and hopefully it works. <laughs> but we're grinders. Hey. That's, we're committed. That's, that's what I like to hear, you know, making it through no way, any way you can. Oh, yeah. So we got All right, Dave, point. you're moderating. So I'm going to let you, you – my biases don't leak in too early. Okay. So you guys are going to talk about something we've already fucking talked about. But why not? <laughs> it got heated on Saturday, Friday night. And I couldn't even get a part of it because I had friends over and was trying to care about whatever the hell they were talking about. I was just reading my text fervently. But – Aaron Nola, Philadelphia Philly, Grom, New York Met. They have their respective corners. Who wants to go first? I think Paul is nominated. You're the challenger. Yeah, I got nominated to go first, so I guess this is this is my turn to shine and <laughs> prove uh, my point here. Um, all right, so obviously when you look, you know the the ERA is less. The strikeouts are a little bit more. The, you know, the, the counting stats lean towards the grob, yes. But if you really break it down, like ERA, when you break that down, that's, that's marginal in my mind, like the, the difference in the ERA. And if you really break down the K, the strikeouts per inning, the grom's 1.2 basically round up. And Two. Nola's like one per inning. So really it, every five innings, the grom's getting six strikeouts and Nola's getting five is how I look at that, which is, is marginal at best. And then you look at the record, which is part of the argument. It's not even close. So you're losing two stats. And this is fantasy-wise I'm talking about first. You're losing basically two categories with DeGrom with wins and losses because he's going to lose every fucking time because the Mets suck dick. And he can't win. Like, he can't win either. So you're losing two categories automatically. And then everything else in my mind is marginal. Like, there's not that much of a difference. So why would you not want to go with somebody that's going to get you more wins and not lose as much? Fantasy-wise. Dan? Okay, so the K per nine difference is not one point two. It is about it's about one point nine. I I don't give a shit about K per nine. I said per inning. Per per inning, Degrom is one point two, and Nola is one. So for every five, he only gains one strikeout on him because they're not going nine every every outing. No, they both go. They're both good pitchers. They go seven. Like if you averaged it out, they probably averaged six and a half, seven in his game. Right? They're they're. Relatively exactly. equal in innings pitched. Yes. But okay, so, so let's he has look one at one more strikeout. Okay, so so to your point though, if DeGrom is better in every other ca- counting category, then on a weekly basis, he's helping you win each of those categories. No, but now it's, it's we're more, 18 it's... weeks in, and Nola has how many wins more than DeGrom? S- seven? Six? Seven? Seven. seven. So he got seven more wins over 18 weeks while every DeGrom's helping you win every other category. But, but you're, it's not, it's marginal. There's one more strikeout. So is wins. But, it's, but wins is one category and the but other stri- categories. But, but... Go ahead. Go. <laughs> you're focused on but, one category. I'm talking about the whole. No, like all of them. Two categories because you lose, you, you gain more losses with the Grom because they suck, 
and you don't win as much. You're, you're losing out in two categories compared to others. Strikeouts, there's so many more opportunities for other people to get strikeouts that it's a lot harder to get a win than it is to get five to seven strikeouts from a pitcher. It is. So I'm, the, I'm getting better ERA, better strikeouts, and an even whip. Again, ERA is marginal. Every seven innings, it's, it's about the same. And whip is the exact same. So you're losing out on two categories and consistent across the rest. Give or take a little bit. And the other stuff, every, everybody, all your other pitchers on your staff will equal that stuff out or can make better. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's all about roster construction. Maybe they won't. But on average, he's lowering every all the other categories. So you got seven more wins. Two, two more? Which and is and how many losses? What's the difference? Three losses compared to seven losses. So four over the course of 18 weeks? Like, if that's making a difference on your team, then your team sucks. And, and let's, no like, let's like, if you go through every single stat. Hey, war. No lot better. Boom. No, it's no. He's Roasted. where did you get that? Yes, he is. I'm d- yes, literally is. just pulled this off fan graphs. And okay, here we go. Noah's no at four point five. Oh man, where, what, side you, what side are you on? Hold on. Six point eight. I'm on baseball reference. Uh, they calculate them different. And the, the Grom is six point five. Okay, uh, on fan graphs, the Grom is five point four, hey, and Noah's hey, four point five. Be- between 6.8 and 6.5, which one is higher? Just ask Dude, but on fan graphs, DeGrom's is a whole point higher. So let's just – let's let's throw out war for right now. Uh, FIP is better by 50 points. FIP, just the tip, lip. Although, Sierra is better by 60 points, but that's how they measure pitchers, Paul. Like, okay, you, we're, you we're don't care fantasy. about that – That doesn't involve fantasy. This is fantasy points right here. We're talking fantasy slash real life. Okay, you want to go real fucking life? How about the fact that Nola is in his third year in the majors and doing what he's doing, the exact same and better not, in my mind. Nope, than he's not. Across he's every stack category, he's, he's not better. He's it's it's comparable, and you win more. I I so sorry. I like to win, so wins kind of kind of matters to me. You, Wait, you're so you're counting life. against the Grom? blows that's a category in our fantasy statistics so yes well okay but then we shifted to real life and used the same argument okay so i'm going to different things i think they're comparable on pretty much everything else they're, they're consistent okay the grum is better so, in k per nine walk per nine era marginal fit, you are strikeouts whip sierra soft contact rate those sierra, like 11 okay. nueva guys Hey, no, no, no. Listen, listen. Nola is 25. Dude, if you want to talk about who you would rather build one other conversation, DeGrom's 30, Nola's 25. Okay, whole other yeah, conversation. We're better today. Players. It's a it's DeGrom. No, you – no, no. Those, are you from Philadelphia? Why are you Why are you so hell-bent on this? This is so confusing. He's obviously better. There – no. Let me, let me just break this uh... – Break this up a little. Um, <laughs> looking at, I'm comparing them right now on our fantasy site, ESPN, and they have the same amount of quality starts. Nola has more wins, less losses, but and he has like one. Okay, one more inning pitched, and he's given up two less hits. But then you have Degrom with less earned runs, less walks, more Ks. 
better ERA and better WHIP by .02. They are certainly comparable, but as we talked about in our last podcast, Degrom gets the nod because you're saying ball. You're saying marginal, marginally better. So Dan's throwing out all these stats, and you keep giving. You're conceding them, saying it's just marginal. It, it's 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 a wash. It's not a wash if one of them's winning. And I'm not. I don't. I think Degrom's better, both fantasy and real life. But I like Nola. You know, Nola's on my team. It's hard, but I do see the argument. I mean, and he's also the Degrom has been injured much more, so you're running the risk of him doing something and getting pulled really quickly. They both got shut down their first year, and then Degrom's been shut down twice with an ulnar nerve surgery. And then a hyperextended elbow this year, which is only a short DL stint. But I think he could go on the shelf at any point. I, yeah, talking injury is a whole different ball game. Um, you like to change this game a bunch. Well, I've, then it's like okay, so like, are you never drafting Kershaw because he gets injured a lot? I mean, I, I'll consider it. Not doing it because, like, I, I was looking up like the the pitchers. Like, if I did like to to break this down, like a hundred plus innings. 2.5 ERA under and one point or 1.00 whip under like they're on the same class to me. It's DeGrom, Sale, Verlander, Scherzer, and Nola. Like those are the five pitchers that have that. So I, I, I looped them all together with that. And I put DeGrom probably in the bottom of that list because the Mets suck dick if we're talking fantasy. I'm just nodding. I'm nodding. I'm shaking my head. I, they are definitely comparable. Absolutely. I don't think they are. I don't think they are. You, you're saying not even comparable? That's 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 absolutely ridiculous. Like I think Nola's maybe the tenth best pitcher in the league. Pentagram. Four. Right now. Four. Mm, well, yeah, right now I don't know. Nola would probably be a little higher. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you're in the top ten, and, I mean that's comparable. Exactly. Like why would like, again? And that, those stats right there, those are the only five pitchers in all major leagues with 100 plus innings, 2.5 under, one whip under. Like those are only five pitchers in the whole league. So now you're saying they're comparable. Other people. Just, it's just a little heated. They are comparable. And again, you go to real life. I'm also thinking about build, building a team around it and going no lock because he's younger and more that he's progressing better than what Degrom is. I don't care if you do a one. It's progressing 20. better. He's got a one eighty ERA. He's not progressing better than a one eighty ERA. Degrom, Degrom dipped in his second year, then started coming back to this at age thirty. Again, you're building a team. Would you want thirty year old or twenty five year old? That's comparable already. You have five more years of them. Building a team is a different conversation. <laughs> so, like, if you're building a team, who would you pick? Go, uh, dude. Nola, Nola, hundred percent. Better contract for the team, and he's 26 or 25. Of course, it's a no-brainer. But that wasn't the point of this conversation at all. It's who's better this year, and I it's the crowd. This conversation, however, I'd like to prove my point. <laughs> all right, let's have. You just said no, I was better. Mark it down, people. Do you guys have a last say before the next topic, or is this we're, we're good? No, I, I'm going to create a no law greater than Degrom shirt and maybe send it to everybody. I don't, I don't know. If you, yeah, I think it should be. A def- it's funny how this has grown within the league, but I, maybe we should do a poll. Let's see what I what what I can't wait for is Degrom to get hurt or regress from his unridic or like ridiculous stretch right now, and then you'll change your mind. I don't want to live 
in a world where people think Noah is better than DeGrom. <laughs> well, you're living in it, baby. Welcome. <laughs> All right, Paul. Second seg. The good, the good old DH. Davey, step on up, man. I didn't do much research what? here. But who cares about research? I'm just gonna start spouting off and just yelling. You want it? Like this is just let's gut check. Let's. This is this is just pure talking from the soul. So you, yeah, like, like why? Why not? Why are they different? I get the purest stuff back in the day, but if everything was back in the day, there wouldn't be a fucking three point line in the NBA. And the whole fact that the two leagues are di- like you're legit same league, but two conferences are are doing separate things. That makes absolutely no sense. Paul, let me ask you a question. Do you yes. still use fax machines or do you email? Email. Exactly. Because having pitchers hit is fucking stupid. Amen, brother. There we go. We found an agreement. Yes. And, and Dave, everybody's pitchers out there getting fucking hurt. I had Rich Hill dive headfirst in a home play <laughs> and get pulled out of the game when he's mowing people down. Tanaka can't run around a base without pulling both of his hamstrings. And, like, Legit, like you legit have two conferences doing different shit. Oh, NBA Eastern Conference, you don't have a three point line. Oh, NFL, you know, AFC, you can you can only go for two. I just don't. Okay, like that, it's fucking stupid, Dave. At this point, La- last argument also for this side would be baseball needs fans. Exactly, like, like where it shows in the ratings and everything. Like, we need people to want to watch baseball a little more. Football's dying a little bit with this concussion thing. Like, let's take advantage. Let's jump on it. Let's get rid of pitchers hitting. I don't want to watch pitchers take these stupid hacks just so every, you know, once a year we can watch Bartolo Colon hit a home run and all have a laugh. Yeah, well, it's it is, great. It's pretty sweet when Big Sexy awesome. just uh, launches one and then takes three hours to get on the <laughs> No, it is awesome. But I think it's better for the game. To get rid of pitchers hitting. For sure. Absolutely. Like, again, the, the, the kids these days, you want to grow the game like you're talking about. It's the younger generation. You can be as old school as you want. Old people aren't going to start watching baseball because, oh, the National League, the pitchers hit. And there's more strategy, old double switches, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> give me, give me, trot out your best lineup. You still have pitching changes and strategy with lefties, righties, blah, 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 and when you put people in, so there's you're not taking all the thinking out of the game, and there's lots of other strategy pieces of baseball, obviously, but the argument that all the, you take the thinking out of the game is, is, is bullshit. Are you done? Yes. You, can, you, you may speak, Dave. Okay. I do not like the DH in general, but <laughs> trying to get into this National League. I don't respect someone that can't play both sides, so... Hey, before you keep talking, Matt fucking Carpenter, baby. Bomb. Paul, shut the fuck up. Last time. <laughs> so. Okay, continue. Sorry. Go. You have a guy like David Ortiz. They don't even put Edgar Martinez in the Hall of Fame yet. And you have people screaming that he should be. But he never played defense, which is part of the game of baseball. I don't care about the pitchers hitting and shit like that. But you have someone that's just trained to do one thing good. And you're putting him out there like he's an equal. I am not a fan of having someone just play offense and not defense. I think a true athlete, a true baseball player can do both. That is my So fault. pitchers can't hit, though. They can't do both. Boom. Roasted. God damn it. Do you ever shut up? <laughs> I think 
I enjoy having I just... the strategy of a pitcher on deck, and you have the eight-hole hitter, and that eight-hole hitter now has to think, are they pitching around me? Or should I swing freely and try and get these guys over? Are we going to pinch hit with that pitcher? You're going to get in the other manager's head on the other side of the diamond. Okay, do I pitch to the eight hitter and think they're going to put the nine? You know, are they going to pinch hit? No, they're going to let the pitcher ride. Or you have the pitcher trying to go seven innings. It's the sixth inning. He's on deck. Do you pinch hit? Is there something happening? These are the questions that make baseball great. And then you have instead just people going up there and just yakking the ball. No more bunt, no more bunting, no more moving people over. You haven't seen a hit and run in a while. These things are fading from the game. And uh, I get uh, that you have the younger generation that needs fans. But I don't think baseball is going to die necessarily. You just have to just kind of – I don't know. I like the difference in leagues. You said there's no reason to have them different with zero credit. You know, zero um, – damn it, Dave, get it. Zero <laughs> – reasoning you just said for a reason you don't want it to be but i like that it's different you kind of have this interleague play if you have the interleague play and then that's just wiped out when you have the dhs i i don't know but it but it's it's fucking stupid so you're you're letting national league pitchers go every nine at bats there's someone that they're going to strike out or get it out because they fucking suck and you're not taking out the strategy just because people aren't hitting and running now that's not because the pitcher's hitting in one of the leagues that's just because People are wanting to hit home runs. That's not, nothing to do. I, and I, I, I remember it's a lot more than hit and run, Paul. So nitpicking stats is a Trump tactic. <laughs> no, no, let me continue talking because I'm going to nitpick at all of them, and that would be rebutting the whole argument that you made. DHs There's are the best. Said, oh, DHs are the you best. Said, oh. nothing better than DHs. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said, oh, if the eight hole, do I have to pitch to him or do they go around me to get to the pitcher? It's the exact same fucking theory if, oh, the DH is in the four hole. Should I go around him and go to five or should I pitch to the three hole? I mean, we're, that's the same. It's shifting the, 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 that theory. It's not because you have a, it, it a pitcher. I get that the pitcher is not a good hitter, but you have a weaker hitter. So you're like, okay, do I attack him and wait for this weaker guy? The nine hole what? in an American league is stronger. Like their lineup's definitely stronger than a National League lineup. It's not the same thought process. Okay, but wouldn't that make it more challenging and more strategic? Strategic, I said that word. You From the pitch standpoint that the uh, you have to go actually attack all nine batters instead of, oh, here comes the pitcher, automatic out pretty much. Well, I guess it's a new form of strategy, but it's not my – I know I love this part of it. I mean, you're never going to convince me to have a DH in the National League. It, it, again, it goes back to the point of why is one part of a league doing one thing and another is doing like it would if you wanted to have it across the board, sure. It's not being well. It was across so the board, and then they instituted it in the seventies. I don't know what year. Seventies were awesome. <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm, I'm just saying, like, no other league has different rules or circumstances for their different conferences. But why? Okay, so that makes baseball unique. I don't know why you hate it. That makes it stupid. Why would it not be consistent? I would just like to see the best the the best hitters play. Like I want to see the nine best hitters hit against the pitcher. I, I think that's just that's my preference. I um don't care about the strategy as as much anymore. It's uh, strategy changes a little bit when you do that, but and again, Dave, you're not taking out completely the all oh, the, the the manager having to make you know strategy. Like they can still pull bring people in certain times, certain situations, there's still that aspect of it. It's just not the double switches and letting the pitcher batter or, or that sort of thing. So you're only taking it – it's only an element of the game, and it's, it's pointless because it makes it worse. Like with the, what Dan's saying, like you, I'd much rather have the best lineup that I could put out there go up against a pitcher and see what happens. 
You've made that clear. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and say that we won this one. That should be the poll. Yeah. What else do you got? Because all you lemmings have pissed the Grom. And unless someone wants to roll with me with Nola, I, I have a feeling Jared you're going to turn go with the Grom. Jared said he, the Grom. He's a Philly stand, right? He still said the Grom, I think. Yeah, he still said the Grom in oh, the text messages. Nice. So. My man. Paul, what else? Do you have any other segments? Anything else you wanted to talk about? I mean, we could talk, talk about things forever. I, going off the, the <laughs> list of stuff that you guys talked about earlier, obviously Johnny Cueto going down. I love him. Part of the World Series Championship Royals. I'm always going to bring it back to the Royals here. So, sad to see him go down, kind of drop off since uh, won the World Series with us. The trade deadline should be the trade deadline. I don't know why there's extra, like, different circumstances, but you can still trade. Why even have a deadline at that point? Rick fucking Ankeel was a Royal that half of the season before he went and got traded to the Braves. Did you know that, Dave? Yeah, he ended up hitting a big homer for the Braves. Yeah, and who, you know who else was part of that deal that got sent to the Braves? Pitcher? I looked at it today. Who was it? Kyle Farnsworth, that, that tattooed relief pitcher. Oh, man. Could not Listen, throw strikes. Paul, do not try and explain who this man is to me. He is the one who gave up a four-run lead <laughs> That 18th inning game where Chris Burke hits a home run in the 18th inning. I was so upset. Dan, I watched it. Remember? Kings. We were at Kings. You went to lunch, dinner. I'm still sitting in front of the CV, 18 inning game, and Carl, Kyle fucking Farnsworth is the problem. I think you punched a hole in our dorm room. Uh, it That would happen. He was he kind of sucked. So the Royals were sucking at that point, so it didn't matter. But Ricky and Keel had a fucking cannon in the outfield. A absolute cannon. He can hit a little bit too, but a cannon. I remember when he's with the cards and a ball went to the left left center gap and rolled to the fence. He got there, just turned, hucked to the third because someone was trying to stretch it to a triple and just in the air gunned him out. And it was amazing. So I just remember him having a cannon. And I like when you mentioned Zach Grinky, like dealing or something like that. Don't you remember calling him a loser? Oh, he's definitely a loser as a team. You just don't like his personality. Is that right, Dave? Personality and he's not a winner. On a, he's a team's never, <laughs> his teams never win. I never said he, he's definitely a winner. He's an ace. He's a, did he win Cy Young? Has he? Uh, I oh, so. nine with the Royals, he did. Okay. Yeah. And he's been like, once he left, the once he got traded away to the Brewers, he's been in the playoffs every year. I'm pretty sure. And lost. Because he, he went to the Angels and Dodgers and Diamondbacks. Okay, again, so then Scherzer's a loser. Has he won? I okay, yeah. All nationals are losers. Don't even go. There. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much fair point. Most most major leaguers are losers because they don't win at all. So, so that's what you're saying. I'm generally of the other side of that argument. I like a good regular season. Being a Braves fan, <laughs> but you can't. I don't think Granky's necessarily. I would say Scherzer's more of a winner than Granky, but I don't want to get into that argument. Let's. But but why then? Why is he more of a winner? He's your reasoning for calling Granky a loser is he. Let's. I think we should be clear that Max Scherzer is 100% a better pitcher than Zach Greinke. I don't think One, that yeah. – that's not a – no argument there, Paul, right? No, no. Okay. No, I'm not saying that in the least bit. <laughs> He's the best but, pitcher in the league. I, I think it's not even a question as of today. No, no, I'm not making that. <laughs> Paul, we know making. Just move on. But Dave's <laughs> argument of calling Zach Greinke a loser, he would then in turn call Matt Scherzer a loser. He would. That's fast. We've argued this. <laughs> you sound like you really want to argue again, Dave. Yeah, I love Paul. <laughs> love you too, buddy. 
<laughs> I'm good for right now. That's all I had. And the Royals were on pace to lose 112 games. So boom. They are bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, fellas, I appreciate the let me on just to yell at people for a while. Anytime you need it, let me know. Topic and I'll let her rip. Always a pleasure, man. See you next season. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, man. I mean, even at the top, those, that first round buy is a big deal. It is. You know? So I'm like ultra competitive to get that first spot. I mean, Jared is too, but Paul's pressing on us hard. So uh, we'll see. It's going to be a fun couple weeks, man. And it's also like for baseball, for the actual league, not fantasy. You know, this is the best time of year. Yeah, you're going to see some teams fading. I think uh, we're going to see some teams that are in the race right now just kind of not make it. So it's going to be fun. All right, man. Uh, Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy Paul yelling at everyone. (laughs) I need quiet time right now. (laughs) All right. We'll talk to you soon. See you, bud.